Well, this is the second part of, um, I gave the first part this morning, so I'm just going to give you a quick pricey of this morning, just so you know where we're starting. We're talking about the story of David and Goliath. And uh, we sort of started in the middle of the story, and tonight we're going to go back to the beginning and look at the beginning and then at the end. So in this middle was the part where David um, took the sling and the stone and killed uh, or knocked Goliath down. And uh, we're talking about the advantage that we have. And, uh, you know, the whole of the Israelite army was there, and, David was the, and it was David who came, not with any great experience, he was young, he was certainly, his size was diminished compared to the giant, and yet, and yet, he had the advantage, because he had the Lord of Heaven's armies fighting for him. And so it didn't matter that there was this giant in front of him, it looked frightening and it seemed frightening, but he knew who he was fighting for and why he was fighting and he knew he had the advantage. And many of us in life, we, you know, life comes at it, just like if we let Goliath be the metaphor of life coming at us, these things happen. Things come at us and they're hard, they're big, they seem to overwhelm us. And it really depends on how we look at it. Do we see it as something that we're afraid of, something that we can't, you know, that just totally consumes us? Or do we see that we have an advantage because Jesus has already won the victory? And so we have the advantage because the same spirit who, is, who raised Christ from the dead, if, if we believe the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work in us who believe. Now you imagine that. The spirit that could raise someone from the dead, that spirit is at work in us who believe. So, of course, if we've got that spirit, we've got a great advantage. And so this morning we're looking at that and being aware of the advantage that we have and how, how do we uh, make sure that we exercise that advantage? We act on what we believe, not what we feel. This is what Joel was talking about. We act on what we believe not what we feel, because sometimes our feelings just could totally take us, you know, right off, off track. But if we act on what we believe, which is truth from the word of God, then things will work out as God has promised. And so that's where we went this morning. So th- this evening, we're going to start by looking at 1 Samuel 17. If you turn your Bibles, if you have them, or look to the screens, 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to read verses 1 to 11. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko in Judah and Azekah at uh, Ephes, sorry, Ephes Damim. Saul counted by gathering his troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was a giant of a man, measuring over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and a coat of mail that weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leggings and he slung a bronze javelin over his back. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. An armour bearer walked ahead of him carrying a huge shield." Goliath stood and shouted across to the Israelites, Do you need a whole army to settle this? 
Choose someone to fight for you and I will represent the Philistines. We will settle this dispute in single combat. If your man is able to kill me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. I was think, looking at that first part of that story of David and Goliath, the army, the Israelite army is consumed with fear. Why was that? Because they were totally overwhelmed by the presence of Goliath, this giant. He had so taken their focus that they were missing their advantage. They were on the side of the Lord of heaven's armies. He always has the victory. And yet here they were in fear. Before them was this giant. They were so focused on this giant. They were so focused on this enemy that they knew everything about him. Listen to the reading. They knew everything about what he was wearing. They knew everything about the weaponry that he was carrying right down to, you know, the the spearhead. They knew everything about him. And they were overwhelmed with fear because of him. They were focusing on the giant. They were focusing on, for us, the problem and missing the advantage altogether They had the Lord of heaven's armies who would deliver them out of the hand of the Philistines, out of the hand of Goliath, and yet they were totally afraid and deeply shaken. What do you focus on in your life? When these things come against you, what do you focus on? You know, it's really easy to focus on the problem. And the problem becomes so big, it overwhelms us. You know, we don't feel well. We begin to feel sick and we think, what's wrong with us? So we go onto the internet and before long, we're sort of searching med something or other and we've got this and we've got that and we're starting. Truly, people are getting very worried and fearful of what's wrong with them. And we're letting it become gigantic in our view, this problem that we have. And we focus on it and we focus on it and we actually get sicker and sicker because of of the fact of where we are focusing. And we miss the fact that we have the promise that Jesus said, by my stripes you are healed. That's the advantage that we have and we miss it all together because we focus on the problem. We focus on the giants in our lives, loneliness. It becomes overwhelming and we begin to see the more and more detail about the loneliness in our lives or perhaps fear, failure, I'm hopeless, I can do nothing right. And we start making these huge generalizations because we're looking in detail at every little thing that we do and how we might fail. Sickness, addiction, betrayal, loss. These are giants in our lives that come at us. And they are difficult. They are difficult to face. But because we focus on them, we miss our deliverer. We miss seeing our saviour. He is our advantage. And you know what the advantage is? It's when you are put in a favourable position. 
He will put us in a favourable position every time because he promises that. If you focus on the giant in your life, on the problem, you're going to miss the advantage and you're going to miss out what God has for you. You know, I said earlier, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work in us, in me, who believes. But you know, God is not just working, he's not just working in us, he is for us. He is for you. He said that he is for you. And if God is for you, then who can be against you? That's what the scriptures say. So here are the Israelites, focused totally on their problem, deeply shaken and fearful, missing the advantage that they have. And the story goes on. Saul is desperate for someone to to come and fight Goliath because he sees that Goliath is causing havoc in the troops and eventually they could all end up as slaves or even dead. Let's go on looking at 1 Samuel 17, 20, verse 20. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts. He's been asked by his father to take some food and gifts to his brothers who were soldiers in the Israelite army. David's a shepherd boy and he was back at home. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, he saw Goliath, the champion from Gath, come out from the Philistine ranks, shouting his challenge to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men were asking. He comes out each day to challenge Israel. And have you heard about the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? The king will give him one of his daughters for a wife and his whole family will be exempted from paying taxes. David talked to some others standing there to verify the report. What will a man get for killing the Philistine and putting an end to his abuse in Israel, he asked them. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And David received the same reply as before. What you have been hearing is true. That is the reward for killing the giant. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and dishonesty. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Now David gets to see the giant and he asks this question, what is the reward for killing the giant? Well, it's a pretty good reward. You're going to get a wife and you're not going to have to pay taxes for the rest of your life. And then David asks another question, which I think is very insightful. He said, who is this pagan Philistine anyway? That he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God. David's standing there thinking, why 
are you letting him do this? You've got the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of heaven's armies on your side. Why are you letting him defy God? And he's thinking to himself, why aren't any of these Israelites, I mean, any of them could get the reward. They all believe in the Lord God Almighty. He's there on his side. And yet they're running in fright. They're running away afraid. He can't understand how the Israelites are letting Goliath get away with this. They have God on their side. Can you see the difference between David and the Israelite soldiers? They're not looking at the advantage because they are so overwhelmed by the giant. But David knows he can win. Not because of his skill, but because who he is fighting for. He knows he can win and that he can claim the reward. Any of the Israelites could have claimed that reward. They all fought for the same Lord. They all had God on their side. But they missed seeing their advantage, so they missed getting the reward. You see, an unrecognized advantage means an unclaimed reward. An unrecognized advantage means an unclaimed reward. Anybody could have stepped up that day from the Israelite side and claimed the victory, but because they missed seeing the advantage, it went unrecognized, the reward was unclaimed. I heard a story about a boy who was at a college in America and one day he was at his wits end and he went to the ministry office and he asked to see someone and he was talking to them and he said, look, I'm really hungry. I, I, I just have, I have run out of money and I, I need some help. Is there any way that you can provide me with something so that I can just eat a meal? And he was really desperate. And the director said to him, uh, well, give me your ID card. And so he took the ID card and he looked at it and he looked at the back and he said, do you know that on this ID card you have a full meal plan paid for by your parents? You could be eating three meals a day in the dining hall. Your ID card is also your meal plan and it's fully paid. You know, as Christians, as people who believe, we have an ID card that says that we have been set free because of Jesus. And our ID card is our means of provision for every area of our life. And you know where that provision comes from? It comes from here. It comes from here, from the Word of God. He has a promise for every occasion. Every occasion, there is a promise in there that you can claim. This is your reward. This is already, Jesus has paid for this in full. And all we have to do is to claim it. He says, my God will supply all your needs. In Psalm 23, David said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You know, so often we remain hungry for something that Jesus has already paid for. We're desperately hungry to be free. 
But he's already paid for our freedom. He's paid for our healing. He's paid for our deliverance. And it's time to claim your reward. It's time to claim your joy. Claim your peace. He's paid it. He's paid it all. Claim your healing. Claim your freedom. Claim your advantage because Jesus paid it all. So let's continue with the story into verse 50. As in between that part, we know the story where David went out and killed the, the, the giant with the, you know, the five stones and the sling, and just one stone got him. Verse 50 says, So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine. But, you know, David wasn't sure if he was fully dead. So he wanted to finish the job. Now, I'm going to give you a warning here. This is M M plus rated, what I'm going to say now. Just giving you warning. The next verse is rather gruesome. Verse 51. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. After he killed him, he used, sorry, David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. You know, the enemy knows that he's defeated, but he tries to bluff you. He tries to bluff you to make you think that you have not got the advantage in your life. And you will live in that defeated place. But when Jesus died on the cross, you know what he said? It is finished. It is done once and for all. It is finished. The power of sin and death is finished. It is broken. And the past no longer has control over us. But if we don't cut it off, if we don't separate ourselves from it, then what happens is we try to survive what God has called us to conquer. We try to survive what God has called us to conquer. Now, why cut off his head? It sounds very barbaric. And uh, it was an Eastern tradition then as a symbol of total victory. And the reason I refer to it tonight is because the Israelites were, you know, they were just prepared to stay stuck in survival. You know, if they could just escape death, then all right, that was sort of good if they could escape death. They just didn't want to die at the hands of Goliath. But David was so committed to the purpose of God that not only was he going to knock him out, he was going to make sure that he had the total victory. And you know, a lot of believers are satisfied to settle at salvation. They think, you know, well, I'm good. I'm not going to hell. You know, I'll get through the gates. But God has called us into a process in which our life becomes more and more like Jesus. Jesus just doesn't come so we can escape. He comes so we can eliminate every trace of sin and every trace of darkness from our lives. David just didn't defeat the enemy. He destroyed him. And that's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He wants to not just let us live in survival mode. He wants us to conquer. 
You know, Jesus just didn't deliver us from sin. He died so that we might reign in life. He just didn't deliver us from death. He, de he delivered us so that we would reign in life. And he cut off the power of sin once and for all. It is finished. He finished the job and then we need to appropriate it in our lives. And he's saying to someone here today, you're saved. You're going to go to heaven. You're in church, but it's time to finish the job. There's things in your life that need to be cut off and finished once and for all. And it's time that you step into the victory that I have for you, that where you will reign, where you will not be the victim, but you will be the victor. Hallelujah. Jesus is victorious in every circumstance and you don't have to be enslaved you know in the story then you know what it said it said that you know Goliath threatened them and he said if I win you'll be our slaves and if you win we'll be your slaves you're enslaved to what you don't defeat you are enslaved to what you don't defeat and you defeat through the power of the blood of Jesus and I believe that this is the word of God for somebody here tonight. The very thing that was meant to destroy you, God will be used to deliver you. He'll turn it around and he'll work it in your favor. You know, the sword, when David went out to fight, he didn't have a sword. He didn't have anything. He had a sling. He did not have a sword. When he went over to finish the job on Goliath, he actually took... Goliath's sword out of its sheath and he killed him. And so what was meant for harm for him, God enabled him to use to defeat the enemy once and for all. Jesus just didn't save you so you get to heaven. He called you to take back territory here on earth. And so next Sunday night, when we go out in the streets, we are taking back territory that the enemy has tried to take. He has tried to enslave people through alcohol and drugs and loneliness and fear. And we're going to take back ground. We're going to say to people, we love you. We love you because Jesus loves you. And we're going to show them. We're going to show love to people. That's taking back territory. That's making sure that what was meant for evil we're going to turn through the power of Jesus for good. And you know, just coming to a conclusion, the other thing is that when David went out that day, he was just going to take some food to his brothers. He was just going for the day on a day trip. And uh, he went, and when he got the sword of Goliath, he went and put it in, not his own tent, because he didn't have a tent, because he was just going for the day. So he didn't have a tent with him. But he took the sword and he put it in the enemy's tent because now he had ownership of that. He had defeated the enemy and now what the enemy had wanted became his. And that's how we take back ground. That's how we become aware of the advantage that God has given to us. David took the sword that was meant to kill him and used it against his enemy. And finally, in 1 Samuel 21... This, let's fast forward the story. So the Israelites won that victory. And David went on and David was really going well. And uh, Saul, the king, became jealous. And he became so jealous because David was so victorious. 
Why was he victorious? Not because he was great, not because of his ability, but because he fought for the Lord of heaven's armies. He was the reason. And so Saul became very jealous and he wanted to kill David. And so he was after him. And so David had to escape Saul's wrath, Saul's jealousy, Saul's anger. And so here's David escaping. He's got no sword. He's got nothing with him to use to defend himself. And he comes to the house of Ahimelech, the priest. Listen to this. 1 Samuel 21, 8 and 9. David asked Ahimelech, do you have a spear or sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even have time to grab a weapon. He said, I only have the sword. This is a while later after the original battle. He said, I only have the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, the priest replied. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Take that if you want it, for there is nothing else here. He said, there is nothing like it. Give it to me. The thing that could have taken David out when he faced Goliath was the very thing God is now using to enable David to be delivered and sustained. You see, your past victories will be waiting for you in readiness for your future assignments. David remembered how he triumphed over the giant, not by sword or spear, but by the by the mighty power of God. That was his means of deliverance. And faith turns the attack into your advantage. How? The sword was wrapped in the ephod, the will of God, the perfect plan of God. And those things God will use and have ready for us when the time is right so that we can then take that and continue to be victorious every day. Sometimes we think that there are things that, that God could never use. You don't know what God can use. You don't know what God can do. We just have to surrender ourselves to him. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, <clears throat> every attack, every problem that comes your way, every Goliath that you are facing, in all things... God works for the good of those who love him. Now, all things are not good. That's not saying that. Goliath's sword was not good. But God will take all things and work them for good if you love him and you are called according to his purpose. So David took the thing that should have killed him and used it to fight off his enemies. So let's take the thing that you've been worrying about. Let's take the thing that you've been crying about. That's really been weighing you down. Let's take the thing that has been getting the better of you. And let's turn it into worship.